Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, afternoon, evening, and wherever you are in the world and whenever you are tuning into this video. My name is James Porcelli. And I'm Brian Thomas. And welcome to episode number 37 of Ruthless Talk. It is another edition, or I should say another stepping stone in WrestleMania week, as now we have gone from Monday Night Raw from our last show. Make sure you guys go ahead and check that out, as now we are going to go ahead and talk some AEW and AEW Dynamite uh, from yesterday. So there's going to be a lot of WWE talk, guys. Don't worry. Trust me. There's going to be a whole <laughs> lot to talk about, especially with WrestleMania now being three nights away. It's crazy yeah. how time flies now. It's insane. But three nights away from WrestleMania, of course, make sure you guys stay tuned for our night one and night two review. That's going to be on Saturday or excuse me, Sunday, I should say Sunday. That'll be night one. And then Monday will be night two is covering both the good, the bad, and the ugly for those reviews. But for today, it's time to talk some AEW. Uh, as there's a course, lot, of you know, Brian, we just talked about this before we got on the air. Um, this whole CM Punk drama. Now, I did mention this a little bit. Um, in the Saturday uh review with uh David with Top Bunk Sports, a little bit about the uh, Instagram posts that CM Punk put up and of course some of uh, what Dave Meltzer said and how everything kind of ties into everything, the media scrum and how we've gotten to this point. And now John Moxley is John Moxley's name was mentioned out yeah. of CM Punk's mouth. And he was on Renee Paquette's podcast. I mean, that's pretty much his wife, girlfriend, or whatever that relationship. Well, I'm pretty is. sure they're married. Yeah. Honestly, I, I believe think. they're married. Yeah. So yeah, something, yeah, something like that. So but yes, yeah, she, she was on or he was on uh, Renee Paquette's podcast, by the way, shout out to Renee. She does a tremendous job with that. Yeah, absolutely. A lot. I, I listen a lot of uh, of that podcast. She does a tremendous job. Um, but yeah, so John Moxley uh, was brought on to the platform to talk a little bit about this whole thing going on with CM Punk and also the AEW locker room as a whole. And man, mm -hmm. Brian, this entire situation is just just a mess. Um, yeah, it really, yeah. it, it really, really is. Um, and I have some words <clears throat> that were said uh, from John Moxley. And of course we'll recap and we'll talk a little bit about it. Of course, when, before we get into, uh, into dynamite here, but this is what John Moxley says. And, 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 uh, and trust me, there's a lot of volume like this, this, these quotes speak volumes a lot into, uh, into what uh, Moxley is saying here. Mm -hmm. um, he goes on to say, and I quote, he's like, look, I don't want to get dragged into this dumb shit. He's like, I could fucking unload on a lot of people right now. And when I start to get dragged into the shit, it tempts me to do that, but I'm not going to fucking sink to that level. And then he goes on to talk about a story how he was not under contract when he was AEW champion. I want to say that this was the first reign uh, when he before yeah. he went to that hiatus <laughs> and that whole thing with you know he was trying to focus on his you know depression and his uh, his drinking and everything like that, which is great. Which it's awesome to yeah, see. Absolutely, Moxley is back. Uh, you know, in professional wrestling and he's, and he's doing great things. Um, but this was during that time frame, And he goes on to say that entire summer, I was not under contract with AEW. Um, I was a no contract free agent, right? I was at SummerSlam weekend wrestling Desperado. <laughs> and I could have walked into SummerSlam that night with the AEW belt. 
if I had been so inclined, I will say this as an observer, I've spent eight years in the Indies. I did a couple of years in the developmental and eight years in the WWE. I have never seen so much bullshit drama (laughs) in one place in my entire fucking life. And then he goes on to talk about, you know, he, he referenced CM Punk as a, what's his dick (laughs) to Renee Paquette. And I, and I watched the podcast too. And I, you look at Renee's face and she's like, you did not just call CM Punk. What's his dick. I thought thought that that was really funny, but, um, but yeah, he goes on to talk about the whole, the idea that was pitched to Punk and how Punk thought it was, it was a dumb idea and it sucked. And he's like, listen, he's like, I'm not under contract. Like, I don't even need to be here. I'm not working for AEW right now. I'm not working for Tony Khan. I don't need to fucking be here, right? Mm-hmm. That, this is pretty much what, what John Moxley had to say. So it's like, I'm going out of my way pretty much, you know, just speaking hypothetically here, you know, to, to be here, to try to put you over, to put on a really good storyline. And, you know, we're, we're worried about all this, this bullshit about putting, putting so-and-so over and, and, and putting unnecessary, unnecessary drama into it. And, and it's, and it's a shame as a uh, Brian, I'm going to get to your thoughts in just a second. It, it's really a shame because if you know John Moxley, well, if you're a professional wrestling fan, you know that he is very loyal to AEW. Like, I, I don't mm-hmm. think he's ever, this is honestly, and he even said this, like, I don't think I've ever said a very negative thing about AEW, but it is the most, this has been nothing but bullshit drama in this freaking in this company. And it ties into everything I said about Dax Harwood and how there's, there's tension, there's heat, there's a division in the locker room. Um, even wrestlers have spoken out how they feel very, very, you know, they feel a certain type of way with CM Punk and how he just, he's just a very odd dude. And yeah, of course, CM Punk has his friends. He has his people that he hangs out with, but for, sure. for the most part, Majority of that locker room just does not get along with this dude. And it all started from that media scrum. And now it's just, it has turned into a, just a complete mess, um, just to, to say the least. And uh, yeah, it, it's just, it's insane. And it sucks for John Moxley because John Moxley, as when he came into AEW, you know, this was a guy that he just wants to come in. He he just wants to enjoy professional wrestling, you know, and he, and, and clearly he fits the system of mm-hmm. AEW and now he's dealing with all this bullshit. It's like, dude, it's like Omega and Vi- Van Kingo put on a great match, you know, and, and all this other stuff going on A AEW. But no, we're talking about all this bullshit that's going on on social media and how it's breaking news. <laughs> right. John Moxley just unloading on that, but at least not going at least too direct, if that makes sense. But so, uh, so Brian, I'm going to get to you, man, because I've done enough talking to start this show. Your thoughts about, uh, this whole situation with with Punk, as we haven't been able to discuss that at least on this uh, on this platform yet, face to face. But your thoughts about this whole CM Punk drama situation and what John Moxley had to say? Oh man, I, I there I, I can follow on both sides of this, man, and I can see part of of, of both sides of the situation. Um, so let me start here with Punk, like. Punk. When's the last time we saw Punk on AEW? Was that? I mean, I can't even remember how long ago it was, right? And this situation has been dragging on and dragging on and dragging on. It's been um, a good. It's been a good. I want to say three months or. I was so going to say maybe four. even four, but yeah, somewhere yeah, around there. Somewhere um, around that time frame. So look, in the wrestling industry, this is nothing 
it's nothing new, right? As far as it's just more exposure as it is with everything in, in the way we consume information in this day and age. Right. Um, so, you know, you could even make the comparison to what Ronda Rousey said, you know, and I was actually going to speak on it Monday, but you know, I knew what this coming up and, uh, you know, I, I figured I'd just save it to today, but yeah, we're just, we're in a different time where, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent, shit's just going to be out there for, for the for the fan, for the for everybody to see. You know, um, th- that's just the way it is. But to think that there wasn't like bitching and politicking and whatever in the you know sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, it's always been there. Um, so I'll start there, and then with Mox, did you watch the whole the whole thing with Mox or? I watched I watched about yeah. half of it or pretty or, or a good good amount of most of it. Yeah, I pretty much honestly just wanted to hear the things about pretty much punk. I know yeah. he spoke he spoke his stuff about like he went <clears> into <throat> a little bit of like the, you know, being a coach. And like I heard, stuff yeah. about you know, coaching up people like, you know, Wheeler, Yuda and of course, like develop, you know, developing the, the Blackpool Combat Club and stuff. But but yeah, I didn't watch all of it, but I did watch most of it. Yeah. Well, so I'll start with the the beginning of what he said then. Um, So, yeah, just his comments about Punk and him, you know, not being under contract and, you know, coming there as a, I think he used the term bending over backwards. And and maybe he was, you know, I I don't know. Um, But it just strikes me like, okay, if that's if that's what you want to do, that's all fine and great. But I don't think to then expect what CM Punk to do the the same thing or to just agree with any storyline. Cause I, at the end of the day, I mean, we've spoken about this. I mean, they're, they're independent contractors like I'm, and you know, Punk's been in this game for 20 plus years now. Um, and then any wrestler at, at this, at this stage, you know, whether it's, it's Punk or Moxley, I'm sure they've all, they've all wrestled injured. They've all been screwed over by a promoter, maybe earlier in their careers or whatever. So if you're if you're worried about your health or or making sure hey I'm I'm getting paid for this right then I got no problem with that because why the fuck wouldn't you um, but if if Mox wants to you know say like uh, you know I was wrestling out there under you know without a contract okay great I mean that's that is a hell of a fucking risk if you want to do it I mean I, I understand what you're coming where you're coming from and 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 that's just the the kind of you know. Uh, I guess, you know, human being kind of you are, you, you have that uh, kind of mentality and, and that's great. Nothing wrong with that either. Um, but to try to, to try to make it seem like somebody else is wrong because you did that. I didn't really understand that. Um, and listen, punk has a reputation, you know, that is, is going to follow him forever. So is he a dick at times? Yeah, I'm sure. Is, is Mox too? Yeah, probably. Are there two guys that maybe just are never going to get along? Because, I mean, I don't think these guys are going to be sending Christmas cards to each other. So, you know, it is what it is. Two wrestlers don't get along. Fucking shocker. You know? Um, But, and then going back to Punk, like, look, man, like, I don't know if you really want to be back in wrestling or back in AEW specifically. Um, But if not, just... Stop! <laughs> I get like if you not. I think have no he's better real, off. 
he's he's better off just 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 being done with it like completely not just yeah, AW, I mean, just professional wrestling and i love cm punk i love his world me, title reign yeah yeah from, i did too from 20 from his whole when he started the whole best in the world gimmick yep, right yep. From 2011 all the way up to 2014 when he left wwe i was a huge fan of punk because me too. was a freaking draw and he was that freaking dude is he the greatest technical wrestler obviously not but he he put on some historic matches that I still remember to this day. I still remember the match with him and seeing that money in the bank. I still remember the match, even with undertaker at WrestleMania 29 and all these other matches. But I mean, you can see like as well, the wear and tear. I mean, he said oh, in the media, yeah, from I, I, well, absolutely. he's like, dude, I'm old, I'm hurt and I'm fucking tired. Sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, he, he, the wear and tear on his body. I mean, he's not getting any younger, bro. He took a, he tried to do a buckshot lariat, Brian, and he just falls on his ass. Yeah. Like this dude just does not, he, he just doesn't have anymore. And he's going to keep And listen, and that's injured. okay. I mean, like the guys, yeah, you know, abs- that's, that's okay. It happens. I but mean, you're like thing. fucking. He's going <laughs> to continue to get injured. He's going to continue to get also pissed off because he's injured. And he's going to continue to take that frustration and anger on whatever the hell the environment, you know, you know, uh, throws at him or whatever right and it's just it's it's not and yet people want CM Punk back in this company and I'm like what fucking clueless dipshit would think that that is a good idea because you're bringing back the same person that started this hostility since the beginning it it makes no sense Mm -hmm. to me at all but here's another thing Brian and I'll and I'll get back to your thoughts in just a second the biggest eye-opening to me out of everything in this situation is the fact that we heard Punk's comments about him going out there and doing a squash match when he's not cleared, right? I spoke Mm -hmm. heavily about that in the Saturday review. Now you're hearing John Moxley saying that he he wasn't even under contract when he held on to the AEW title. And again, this is just another example or evidence that Tony Khan is running a major sloppy shop in this in this in this in this industry. And that's a bad look on AEW. And that's a terrible look on Tony Khan. Because if all of that's true, then what the fuck are we doing, Brian? <laughs> I, I mean, how can you have a world title, a world champion, and he's not under contract? It just to me, like everything in that in that company is just so chaotic, and he has no gripe on this in this company or with his wrestlers or anything he has no control over anything at all and i think and Mm -hmm. tony khan is honestly at least from what i'm seeing brian he's really getting you know he's really being pushed to the side in this whole situation when in reality the main the person that should really be in focus of this entire situation is tony khan because how the fuck do you let this entire shit you know take over like this it it is unbelievable and it needs to it needs to end because if Mm -hmm. it's you know we talk about the shows how the how the shows are lackluster and this and that and now you're seeing it from backstage and hearing you know rumors and backstage and stories from the wrestlers themselves and man is it bad um and, and and that's the person that really needs to be taken accountable of and that is tony khan because he needs to he needs to be a leader. You know, he needs to stop being a fanboy. I understand, you know, I'm sure there's not a lot of wrestlers. I'm sure they have a lot of good things to say about Tony Khan, but I'm telling you, and I understand we, and I go back to Vince as well. I know we have our, 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 
honest takes about Vince and and our you know and everything that he's done with WWE over the past few years and how shitty WWE has been and it's because of the helm of Vince. But I'm gonna tell you this, Brian. There ain't no way, and I mean no fucking way. This would this would go down under Vince McMahon's watch. It wouldn't. True. I mean, to be honest, guys, this no way. If this was, Vince I got something McMahon to say about company, that. Yeah, this absolutely. Would not be fucking happening at all. And Tony Khan yeah. needs to freaking he needs to find a freaking set, and he needs to freaking take control of this situation. But Brian, your final thoughts before we get into dynamite? Yeah. So back to your comments about like Punk in like 2011, and you know the his feud with the Undertaker and the best in the world and the pipe bomb and all, all these moments, right? Um, you know, while they were great matches, like why, why do you still remember them? Right. It was because of the story involved in it, the storytelling involved in it. Right. And that's kind of leading into this. If, if you didn't see it, like at about like the 42 minute mark in this interview with Mox and, and uh, Renee, um, so Mox goes in, I don't know. He kind of loses me here. And, you know, Grant, I, I'm a fan of Mox. Um, you know, I, I know, you know we joke about him bleeding every fucking match, you know, but really I'm I'm mostly joking. I mean, it is redundant, but anyway, I'm a fan and I'm sure he's forgotten more about wrestling than I'll ever fucking know. But he starts, he, he starts like comparing storytelling, you know, he's comparing like WWE and AEW and, and different forms of storytelling and how he's trying to experiment with different things. And he says things like, you know, I don't know, like, what, you know, why why can't you have a great three minute match? You know, things that are like, well, yeah, because because it's a three minute fucking like, I don't know, maybe you could have the greatest three minute match of all time. But if we're talking about great matches or greatest matches, like, how are you going to put a three minute match, you know, which is basically a fucking squash? you know, against like fucking Sean and Brett Iron Man match. Like how like how the fuck do you do that? Like so it was just like weird shit like that. And then he started talking about like taking aspects of storytelling from MMA, where you know, like and it, it kind of maybe he wasn't, but it kind of seemed like he was taking shots because he he referenced like uh you know, and I'm not talking about like, you know, throwing your title over into the river river. That's if you didn't know, that's Stone Cold in the Rock back in the day. And uh or break it into somebody's house, which we just saw again on NXT, which is, you know, the entertainment side of storytelling. And then he just goes into talking about like, you know, I'm talking about storytelling like the veteran versus the rookie, the the striker versus the grappler. And yeah, that's like if that's all I wanted to see, I just go watch MMA, right? Like sounds like AEW in a nutshell. <laughs> exactly, and and I mean, that's what I was going to say. He like, is the guy of, of AEW right now, so it doesn't shock me. I mean, listen, we it's it's here's the thing too, Brian. And yeah, there's no doubt. Like Moxley, it, it's it's very very weird of what he had to say in regards to those lines. But you know, it, the thing is though, he is pretty much the guy. Like he is like the face of the company, and pretty much we all know about AEW being pretty much <laughs> professional wrestling, right? <laughs> right? So it doesn't shock me with those comments. And honestly, he's better suited in the company. And I, like honestly, like he should stay away from WWE because like WWE and John Moxley just don't go together. And sure. I think he is well more fitted in AEW. But yeah, but that doesn't mean that AEW can't develop more of the sports entertainment aspect of things. So yeah, Moxley, even though he said a lot, a lot of the right things and said a lot of good things and didn't want to really name 
uh, you know, throw out names, which I thought was awesome on his part. And, and again, I just love John Moxley, man. I, I I love the fact that, you know, he's like, dude, like, why are we speaking negative when we're, we want to talk about all the good stuff that is happening in, in AEW and the, or that could happen in AEW. Mm-hmm. So I like that, that aspect with Mox, like he does not want to be involved in any type of bullshit sure. drama that he said and he's been involved <clears throat> with eight with wwe for eight plus years but yet it's aew that is the most is the most controversial bullshit drama of a company that he's ever been a part of that speaks volumes guys i mean i don't know about y'all but that speaks volumes uh to me v- very very much sure and yeah, like you said brian your thoughts yeah like you said uh we have our thoughts and 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 issues with vince in general but yeah I guess that's the most stark contrast between between Vince and Tony is that, you know, Tony seems to be, you know, yes, more more of a fan wants to be a friend, a a, you know, some more, you know, kind of along those lines where Vince, again, I mean, he was the boss. He was the top. If he didn't want it, it wasn't happening. Right. Um so again, yeah, I, I I totally believe what what John said because I, I can totally see that happening. Where you know, I think Tony probably has more of a, a people pleaser mentality than Vince ever could possibly have. Um, so I think probably he gets himself into situations where he's you know kind of just telling everybody what they want to hear to please them, and then those those plans conflict. Ultimately, you know, so whatever. I, but yeah, ultimately, I think it's because of who's at the helm that it's so kind of dysfunctional and and drama filled. Um, so yeah, th- those are my my final thoughts about that. And and you know, going back to what he said about AEW and the and the matches and you know things of that nature, the storytelling. Like again, I, I know I'm 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 older now, uh, so <laughs> this might be just me being like, well, back in my day. You know, it just, um, again, if you're just getting match week after week, like, oh, there's there's striker A versus grappler A, and they have a, a great technical match. And then next week, striker A versus high flyer B, and there's no fucking story in between, then, yeah, I, I guess, I don't know, maybe AEW really is going to be that niche where this is, they they found their niche audience and this is what they're sticking to. And, you know, whatever, go with it, man. But uh, I think in the long run, man, it's just, <laughs> it's not going to work. Uh, again, well, if, if you're just looking for MMA storylines, I'll just go watch MMA and look for the best, the best wrestler on that particular night, you know? <laughs> So yeah, yeah. it's fun. And it's funny. You, you mentioned that as well, you know, of course, guys, you, you guys know me, I love to talk ratings, right? Ratings prove, and it's, 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 it's the metrics prove that how in tune or how, you know, interactive fans are with a certain show. That's why I love to bring up ratings. Well, lately, Brian, you know, as we get into AEW now, this, this show dynamite, of course, I mean, rampage, I mean, it's like forget rampage. I, I mean, they're <laughs> right. just fucking lost over there. It's just, yeah. I mean, I keep up with rampage. At least I try to guys, but guys, it is so, it's so bad. I mean, look at the card for rampage that, I mean, they announced it at least before the main event, pretty much every show. I mean, guys, yeah. going to watch that seriously. Um, <laughs> if you don't believe me, just, just go look for yourself. Seriously. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, AEW dynamite, you know, of course, there's there's been 
the storyline right now between Hangman Adam Page, Omega, Don Callis has been thrown into that. Um, and a good chunk of, of that first hour was involved with Hangman, Omega, and Don Callis. And we'll get mm-hmm. into that once we get into the show. But this proves, Brian, that storytelling in professional, the right way to, to tell stories in professional wrestling matters because last week, right? And obviously the ratings will come out later this week. Usually the ratings come out around later this afternoon um, on Thursday, usually right before, gotcha. right after we go off the air here. But last week they hit 800 or the or two weeks ago, I should say they hit 852,000. Like that's pretty like after three to four years of working in a company like that, that's, 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 that's not good, man. You got to do, yeah. you got to do better. You got to be at least around that 900,000. But guess what, Brian, last week. They hit over 900,000. They went 954,000 viewers, television okay. viewers from last week. So guess what, guys? Shocker. When you tell a story in a professional wrestling show, people are going to tune in. <laughs> and go back and listen. And for the, the viewers, go back concept. and listen to our last AEW where we were like, holy shit, they're actually giving it an attempt, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. fucking shocker. We don't praise stuff just to praise <laughs> it. We praise it because it's actually helping the company and right. the metrics and the numbers freaking prove it. Um, you know, what these numbers are going to be like this week well remains to be seen. So, but yeah, there's no doubt that AEW is <laughs> we talked about it last week, Brian. They're 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 starting to get it. It's like I said, it's like trying to teach a toddler how to walk, right? That's yeah. where we're at with Tony Khan in the show. <laughs> but hey, Baby steps, man. Baby steps. Right. That's what that's you know, that's better. It's better than nothing. So, but with all that being said, of course, we'll continue to keep you guys uh updated with this whole uh CM Punk drama situation. I'm sure it's it's not just the end of it. This I'm sure this is just the beginning of it, or at least yeah. we're just getting started into this drama. So hopefully all this bullshit, all this nonsense finally maybe gets resolved and maybe Tony Khan finally just finds a set and freaking, you know, (laughs) takes control of of, out of this entire situation. But yeah, with all that being said, guys, it is finally time to get into some AEW dynamite. Uh, And of course, as well, uh, before I get into that as well, I forgot to mention uh, Roxanne Perez. She made her um, uh, return to NXT. Um, She's going to be involved uh, at stand and deliver in this ladder match. I'm pretty sure Gigi Dolan and others are involved in it. Um, you know, playing that whole, um, you know, illness or that concussion or whatever she had when she collapsed in the middle of the ring a few weeks ago and was carried out in an ambulance. And now she's added into the match. You know, Shawn Michaels talking about tests and all that stuff. Not too much to talk about NXT. You know, Gargano and, and Grayson Waller continue to smash it. Uh, but Roxanne Perez, you know, she was the main story and all that as she uh, she makes her big return. And uh, we'll talk and we'll, we'll try to find ways to talk a little bit about stand and deliver as well, or try to recap a little bit about stand and deliver um, as we get closer to WrestleMania yeah. weekend. So with all oh, that being said, let me. us finally get into the show. Let's finally get into some AEW Dynamite. So March 29th, 2023, Dynamite was live in St. Louis, Missouri. Show starts off hour number one with Jungle Boy Jack Perry versus Matt Hardy alongside Ethan Page. Uh, match time was 10 minutes, so a good chunk of this match was 10 minutes in length. Um, they shake hands before the match. <laughs> How many times, Brian, have we seen that in freaking AEW? It's like, oh, it's like great wrestling. They shake hands. They have a mutual respect. Yeah. For Christ's sake. I mean, anyway, I think that's a Ring of Honor started, Yeah, the type of Ring know, of Honor Ring of bullshit. Honor yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, Darby Allen, he's also watching backstage in this match. 
Uh, Ethan Page, he's standing, he's standing on the apron. He's barking at the referee when Hook, um, his music hits. He enters the fray as Page and Hook. They're brawling up the rampway, and I guess they make their way backstage. And Jungle Boy wins this match via a running forearm to the back of the head of Matt Hardy, and he wins this match. However, post-match, your world champion MJF music hits, and he enters the ring. And a really solid back and forth between MJF and Jungle Boy here. Um, (laughs) Freaking MJF, man. He starts off, he says, like, you know... you." When you when you interrupted my rebar mitzvah a few weeks ago, it was a very Kanye move for you to do there. I just just gotta be honest. And then you know, kind of just poking fun to start off the promo. MJF being MJF, like I always say, um, he's like, listen, you know, he's like, you have every right to be pissed. You know, he talks about the comments that you made about, listen, you know, you know, you have to work hard for everything that you have to get, while I'm pretty much handed everything because you know, listen, I'm I'm the best wrestler in the world. You know, I get to go on my private jet into beautiful Long Island, New York, as that is the show. By the way, shout out to everyone from Long Island, New York. That is where your boy is from. So shout nice. out to all the Long Islanders out there, um, including MJF. That's why I, I like how he says, what, what does he say about MJF. it? It's the the most magical place on earth. The most magical earth, place on earth. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking love it. Absolutely love it. Freaking MJF, man, I swear. So, yeah, so they go on to say, look, you have every right to be pissed about about that regard. But guess what? Your your anger shouldn't be towards me. It should be towards yourself. Because guess what? Your career as a whole has been pretty mid for the most part. You no, know, Jack. <laughs> he just calls him Jack just straight up. Um, and then they go on. This is where the story gets deep now. It's, he goes in to tell a story about how after their match at Double or Nothing, this was during the pandemic era in 2020, and what was said between himself and Jungle Boy, you know, he said, listen, I met a man inside that ring that I respected. And MJF says that he met or he he thinks that he says that he met his equal. You know, he's like, after that mm-hmm. match, he's like, I, I found a man that I respected. And that man was my equal, at least what I thought it was. Right. Um, and MJF, he reminds Jack Perry of what we, what was told to him that night. He's like, do you remember what I told you that night? Like speaking, like, you know, <laughs> kind of sarcastically, like, do you remember what was said that night? And, um, you know, pretty much Jungle Boy goes on to say like, oh, yeah, like nice guys finished last to be success to be successful. I had to ditch all my friends and care about nobody but myself. Is that what you said to me, MJF? And he's like, that's exactly what I told you last week. And then he goes on to say, but listen, you went on to hang out with. Marco stunted growth, <laughs> Dino douche, and Christian Cage. All of them held you back. And by the way, your new friend Hook, he won't be different either. Um, so calling out Hook in the process, he's like, "Look, you could have listened to me, Jack. You could have listened to me. We could have, you know, you could have been world champion. We could have run this place together as young up and coming stars. You know, you, you, you know, we could have ran this place. You could have been world champion." You know, this place could have been not just the MJF show, but the Jack Perry show. You know, it's like, but you wanted to be the good guy for these people, for all of these people. Like, are you serious? And then MJF's like, where has that gotten you at? Like, you want to be a good guy for all these fans. And where has that gotten you? He's like, I'm the AEW world champion. I'm the best wrestler in the world. And you're just Jungle Boy, pretty much in a nutshell. And then Jungle Boy gets on the mic and he says, he retaliates and says, you know, you know what, MJF? He's like, I wish I was more like you. You know, I wish I had the I had the confidence like you. I wish I had the mic skills. I wish I didn't care about anyone but myself or being a lying or you know lying backstabbing people in the back and I wish I didn't care or wish I didn't have to be the most narcissistic piece of shit 
out of this entire company as his voice really gets freaking yeah. amplified. He's like shoving um, MJF in his face. And yeah, just like, listen, you know, he's like, listen, he's like, but that ain't me. He's like, I wish I could be all of those things, but that is not me. And he's like, if my road is harder than yours, then so be it, man. So be it. And when I become world champion, at least I won't, I won't wake. At least I won't wake up in alone every day and hate the person that I see in the mirror. Um, and then MGF responds like, dude, great stuff, man. Great stuff. It took you four years to freaking finally learn how to talk. <laughs> freaking absolutely. I loved, I love the response MJF gave right there. Uh, he's like, yeah, dude, it gave you like, congratulations. You, it finally took you four years in this company to learn how to actually talk on the microphone. And then MJF, he just continues to take jabs. He gets personal talking about jungle boys, girlfriend, Anna J um, saying along those lines, like you're weak between the knees or some shit like yeah. that. Um, and then like, and then jungle boy just has enough. He does a double leg takedown. They're brawling inside the ring. Jungle boy goes for that forearm to the back of the head and MJF retreats. He rolls underneath the ring ropes and up the rampway as jungle boy stands tall and MJF retreats to the back. And that is your opening match and opening segment. So Brian, I'll have you start this off, man. Your thoughts of the first match of the night and the post-match segment between MJF and jungle boy. Well, post-match, uh, pleasantly surprised because uh, I was ready to shit all over it again, you know, with the, right. the match and the opening. <laughs> um, well, let me start with this. You know, the whole the whole idea of the, the four pillars of AEW, right? Like, MJF is pretty much already there. So you got the other three, right? Darby, Sammy, and and Jack Perry. Um, you know, I was, you know, even I can, years ago, right? I, I guess four years ago when they kind of came up with that term and you know the four pillars and whatever like i was even kind of skeptical back back then about all you know these three now they they've all like they all have talent and have shown us you know flashes here and there over the last you know four years um but it just always kind of struck me as like okay like these especially talking about Darby, Sammy and, and jungle boy, like these are your guys that you're going to build the company on. I was always kind of like, okay. I mean, yes, they have talent. And I don't know what you, you, you know, maybe 10 years from now, like, you know, when they're in their mid thirties or something and have gotten all that experience. Sure. But who, who knows where the hell they'll be. Um, but that being said, so yeah, this, this match, you know, was just like, uh, you know, okay. Jungle boys out there wrestling Matt Hardy again, um, I guess he's going to be feuding with the firm here for the next couple of weeks, but yeah, at post-match, man, it, that, that was the best I've ever seen, uh, Jack on the mic, Jack Perry and MJF is MJF, of course. Uh, so yeah, that really, and again, it's, it's telling a story, right? It's starting to build a story. Um, so yeah, I loved it post-match between them two, um, I, I thought uh, Jack handled his own, MJF delivered. The only thing I would have changed a little bit, because I, I think it kind of, you know, it was an off-the-cuff thing. Um, and again, it's MJF being MJF the heel. I get it. But I think once Jack Perry, like, delivered that promo and got that amplified and really fucking delivered it, maybe this is just me, but as a viewer watching on TV, like, you knew it like you knew he nailed it. It, it felt like the crowd knew he nailed it. So I, I didn't, I see, I, I got a different take. I didn't really like the fact that MJF immediately returned with like a congratulations. Like you fought, you know, it took you this long. Like 
I just feel like MJF knew we hit it. I knew we hit it. The crowd knew we hit it. Just let him fucking have it and move along. Like it, it didn't really. Well, that's MJF though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and honestly, I, I get it's it. true. But honestly, it's true. I mean, let's be honest too about Jungle Boy. Like, sure. And I'll be honest with you. Like, it, it's taken. It's it has taken three to four years for Jungle Boy to really find himself. And I said it about yeah, yeah. with Christian Cage where. I really thought that brought the best out of Jungle Boy. So mm-hmm. even though, yes, he, I understand where you're coming from with those comments, uh, Brian, but he's not wrong. <laughs> he's really not because Jungle Boy, yes, he's a I mean, I mean, you look at Jungle Boy, right? We talk about people that are larger than life. You, mm-hmm. for, when you've had a first look at Jungle Boy, you're just like, OK, this dude's just going to be another one of those. <laughs> the, those dudes and those see, that's shorts. what i mean about all the four pillars in general like you yeah. know being, being larger than life like Absolutely. i don't see any of those dudes yeah, being exactly being that you know exactly yeah so i i definitely think that there was some realism to that and and i'm and i'm sure jungle boy understands that as well I, yeah. I, i'm sure that he knows like jungle boy seems like he's a very humble you know very sure. you know being real type of person and he understands that he needs to improve i'm sure you know and, and oh. i'm sure he's heard it from from many people in the back that tries to give him advice, I'm sure from a lot of veterans in, in the locker room. So, but yeah, I mean, MJF is not wrong because jungle boy outside before the whole feud with Christian cage, I really haven't had an interest to even watch jungle boy at all. And, and, and I'm sorry, I know that's really harsh to say, but it's just the reality. It's just the truth. So, um, so yeah, so that this whole start to the show, um, post-match. Yeah. Like you said, f- phenomenal stuff. Um, I, I love the interaction between, uh, between the two. However, why did we need to get through this match just to get to this <laughs> segment? Just have the segment. We went, we went through a 10 minute match, which was, which was decent at best. We're not going to remember anything from it. Right. That involves Matt Hardy, because I explained, you know, my thoughts about Hardy and how, you know, how still valuable he can be to this company and professional wrestling. And he's just in a 10 minute match that nobody's going to give a shit about or going to fucking remember within the next week or two. So I don't understand why you just wasted a 10 minute match just to get to this, to get to this segment, just put on the fucking segment to start the show. And then if you want to jump into a match, Tony Khan, because we need to desperately to start the night off or some along those lines in the show, then do it after the fucking segment. Get people intrigued right from the jump. Just start off with a segment like this between MJF and Jungle Boy and then go into a match. Why does this fucking company every single week need to start off the night with a match? And you start now. Uh, now, thankfully, this this whole we understood why it started off, at least because at least there was substance into it. Mm-hmm. But don't even worry about the match. Just start off with this. There was no need for this, for that match at all, I'm sorry. They're just. Wrestling. I think it would have worked better, like like you said, if they had started with the the promo between them, right? And then you know, Jungle Boy is now fired up, right? MJ's basically telling him like he's been a you know a loser, an afterthought, yeah, you know, a then, nice and guy. Then maybe if you want, and Matt then Hardy maybe cut the... that match in half, like five minutes, where Jack yeah, or just, maybe like... you have it in reverse if if you want to start yeah. off the segment and then the firm and. uh and, and Ethan Page come out to start the to start the opening matchup. You can do that as well. Um, yeah. Now, I mean, now I wouldn't. Now that would also be kind of controversial as well because you know it's like, oh, okay, you did this entire post match, this entire segment just to lead into the first match of the night. So because I because I don't want to be a hypocrite as well because I've spoken about segments about okay, we just went through this segment just to lead into a match. But again, the way that this segment was done, I guess 
you know, again, beggars can't be choosers in that aspect, but sure. Yeah. I, I just, I just, to be honest, if I were booking this, I wouldn't even book the match at all. Just have this match segment, have them go out, you know, just, you know, jungle boy standing tall MGF retreating. And it's also going to be interesting to see because this is obviously going to be some type of fatal four way match, or at least that's how we're, how we believe it's going to end up with the whole four right. pillars thing. So I mean, is this going to be where MJF is having separate type of segments with each member of the pillars or something like that? Because I because would imagine no, there was no sign because... of there was no sign of Darby Allen outside of him watching the match backstage and nothing about Sammy Guevara. So well, Sammy, Sammy was back there, like backstage. Sammy, watching was Sammy it too. backstage as well? Okay, I missed yeah. that. Okay, okay, so it was Darby Allen and and Sammy Guevara. So yeah, and, and then it was yeah. So you just only had MJF and 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 Jungle Boy cut this promo. So. I don't know. It's just, it's weird. It's weird booking to me to set up a fatal four-way match. I, I don't know. I mean, are you individually going to tell a story for each individual that MJF? It kind of seems like that's where the, what they're going to do. I think See, like, yeah, he'll, I he'll... Don't know. that seems very, I, I don't know, guys, I, I can't stand for, fatal four-way matches because yeah, I'm not a like, fan of that. Guys, to, just, to have begin a, with. just have a champion. And just have a challenger, yeah. have them tell the story and have the ultimate ultimate cultivating match at the pay-per-view. Like, guys, it's not that fucking hard, honestly. <laughs> right. It's just like, yeah, it's just to me, if you're going to do Jungle Boy and MJF, okay, fine. Then just leave Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara out of it, honestly, because now yeah. we're going to add those other two in the mix. And I, I, I don't know. I, I just, yeah. will the segments be good? Yeah, I'm sure they'll be good, but when you tied everything into a bow, it's just like, okay, like this could have done in a, or go into a completely different direction, but agreed. So, yeah. but listen, um, outside of the match, which was kind of useless, um, solid, solid, uh, back and forth between MJF and, uh, and jungle boy. Very, very solid. All right, y'all. So now we go into our next segment, which was a backstage segment. This was, uh, Kenny Omega and Don Callis as, uh, Kenny Omega is getting ready for his, match with jeff cobb which was for the iwgp world title and we'll get into that in uh near the end of the first hour so don Callis, he's wondering about the relationship between him and hangman adam page as they're kind of recapping about the whole handshake and him falling and you know omega thought that you know hangman attacked uh don Callis, and how i'm mm-hmm. sure they watched back the the, the, the film and, sh- and all that stuff and don Callis, like you know at, uh, at the end of the segment he just goes listen you know you know, Kenny, focus on your match. You got a big match tonight. I'll take care of Hangman Adam Page. Like, I'll take care of this situation. And like, you could tell Kenny Omega and Don Callis, they're not, they're just not on the same page at all. Um, you know, and just a lot of, uh, yeah, just a lot of interesting ways that this could go, um, mm-hmm. you know, in regards to the situation. And of course, we'll talk more about Kenny Omega and of course, Don Callis and Hangman Adam Page, which is which was one, which was in another segment uh, later on in this first hour, but Brian, you're, I want to get your thoughts before we get into this next segment here. Uh, your thoughts on this backstage segment and uh, the situation right now between Don Callis, Kenny Omega, and uh, Hangman Adam Page. Yeah, again, I like it. Um, again, shocker, they're following up on a story that they've been telling, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, a quick little segment. Um, you know, again, just kind of adding to the story, building the tension, the the distrust, the you know whatever's going on there. Um, listen, I'm going to throw out a, a, an idea here. Like I know everything and as we'll get into it, 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 it's, and it was even last week pointing to like 
the Blackpool Combat Club are the ones that took out the Bucks. You know what? I'm not. I think it might be Don Callis had gotten somebody to do that. So, and it wasn't the uh, Blackpool at all. So, I don't know. We'll see. That's just a just a way I see that going. But um, yeah, good segment. Uh, I just like the fact that they're actually telling a story and trying to develop it. So, yeah, no, that's and that's <laughs> good a very good point because of course right. the top of the show was the whole freaking you know the scene where the bucks are being loaded into the ambulance and right. people are assuming, Oh, it's the Blackpool combat club. Cause they pretty much went out and attacked Omega. They pretty much went in and attacked everybody backstage and they beat up a whole lot of motherfuckers in the show. So, but yes, no, that's a very good point. You know, is it the Blackpool combat club? Is it somebody else? And that's what I mean, guys, just right. let us is... freaking intrigued with something, something exactly. that's just simplistic as this. Like it, it makes me like, well, I'm, it, man. While I'm watching it, right, it, it, it gives me ideas. It makes me think about yes. it, right? Instead of just like, yes. yeah, it's a lot of great fucking moves and a lot of ooh and ah. But I could just sit there like a zombie and not fucking think about anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Get to chant your chants and stuff. This is yeah. awesome. Right, right. Ooh. This is awesome. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. Fight forever. You get, oh, my God, that fucking chant's being blown out yeah. of portion, too. But yeah, no, very solid stuff. And yeah, it's going to be interesting yep. to see where this whole thing takes place um, or how it plays out, I should say. Yeah. Um, and moving forward, of course, we'll get into more um, uh, the situation between Omega, Don Callis and Hangman Adam Page later on in this hour. Uh, speaking of the Blackpool Combat Club, <laughs> they had a match with Dalton Castle and the boys. And the boys. If you don't know who that is, then I don't blame you because I have no fucking idea why they're even on dynamite <laughs> or whatever the fuck they're doing guys i don't know like they look like a like a rip off freaking version of the of like of pre uh what, what's that tag team name uh prettier pretty deadly or something and then or so just like, the, yeah. the vibe i got was like at least uh don't cast like tyler himself, breeze man. or if, some shit or like i don't freaking know <laughs> if you're familiar with steven tyler back in like the mid 80s no like, steven that's <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's like kind of, yeah, the same type of vibes. Yeah, just yeah, yeah, just really, really weird. But thankfully, this this was supposed to be a six man tag. Thankfully, this shit did not happen. <laughs> well, it, it happened, but it was it ended in the snap of a finger. So the Blackpool Combat Club just said, "Fuck it, we're just gonna beat the shit out of these two at the rampway," and that's what they did. They attack, they attack them from behind up the rampway, and they're just beating the shit out of them ringside. Claudio wins the match, like the bell rings, and then Claudio just wins the match within seconds via a. Uh, looked like just a simplistic power bomb as uh, Blackpool Combat Club wins the match, like I said, within seconds as uh, Blackpool Combat Club leaves through the crowd. I like the way Blackpool Combat Club has been freaking has been booked. I mean, they're just they just and it's funny. I, I was going to make this this comment last week about it. They're almost pretty much like the Shield 2.0, if you really think about it in a nutshell. Yeah. But in it, but honestly, I but I like how. It's being done like this is how you would book the Blackpool Combat Club. They're just mm -hmm. out there beating the shit out of everybody. They're freaking like they do whatever they want whenever they want to do it. I freaking love it. And like you never know when they're going to attack. They can attack backstage. They can attack you at the fucking rampway. Freaking love it. Tony Khan, is that so fucking hard? Like, <laughs> like seriously, is that so fucking hard? Because I would that should have been done fucking months ago but but again beggars can't be choosers because here we are so um but yeah, yeah Brian, before we get into our next segment which involved hangman adam page uh your thoughts on the blackpool combat club right now 
Um, yes. Well, I'll start with the match. I, it just made me wonder: is this one of those uh, three-minute matches that were that Moxley was talking about? That was going to be a fucking awesome three-minute match. <laughs> Yeah. But, uh, but that being five, said, shit, Dave Meltzer also might give it five stars too, you know, <laughs> right. but or that being four, said, five, yes, or, no, like, I'm sorry. 5.75 stars you know, close <laughs> to not, not at six because it wasn't five plus minutes, but 5.75. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but so yeah, originally, initially when like Dalton Castle and the boys like came, you know, made their entrance again, uh, you know, they, they. They surprised, they shocked me. They gave me something decent and good because, like, I was, you know, when they came out, I was like, man, they got them fighting the Blackpool Combat Club. If this lasts more than three minutes, like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. Like, what, yeah, what are we doing? Like, yeah. Right. Like, so, yeah, that was how it had to be booked. Like, they had to come down and just fucking destroy them and get the fuck out of there because, yeah, if, if it went any longer than that, like, how can you take the Blackpool Combat Club seriously? Yeah. Um, so I do like that aspect of the way they're being booked. Absolutely, um, you know. So in that aspect, again, not not much issue with the match. It, it was what it was, and given the matchup, what it should have been, just a, a, a pure beatdown and domination by uh, Blackpool. So yeah, uh, and then leaving through the crowd, yeah, definitely, you know, shades of the shield there. Um, I even thought again, it, it does feel like there's a lot of. And, and right, I, I don't know, uh, what is it, imitation is the most, what is it, sincere form of flattery or something of that nature, whatever the saying is. But I mean, they, you know, the revolution, or not revolution, what do they call themselves now? The the outcasts, like, right, they they do it, right, coming through the crowd. And I mean, there's a lot of, lot of. I'm going to uh, get to them too, because fucking throwback hey, to like just <laughs> fucking going off the rails. But yeah, continue. So there, there's a lot of, of throwback to, like you said, to the the Shield, even NWO before them. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, when you got the right group of people, which you know, this is, the Blackpool Combat Club kind of is, they fit that mold. Uh, so I don't have much issue with that. But all in all, yeah, the match is what it is. And again, I, I and we'll see the you know Blackpool one more time here on the show, and we'll we'll save that for that. But. You know, at least again, they're they're starting to tell stories, which I'm on board with, man. Absolutely, very well said. Uh, Hangman Adam Page is up next. He gives an update on the Young Bucks as uh, Nick Jackson has a separated shoulder and Matt Jackson has a torn bicep. By the way, I, that injury to Matt Jackson, guys, is actually, from what I'm hearing, is actually a legit. Yeah, injury. that's a legit injury. Um, that yeah, is a legit uh-huh. injury, and they are most likely going to be taken off of television. Both. Nick Jackson and Matt Jackson, for that matter. Um, yep. Unless maybe Nick Jackson, maybe he does insert himself into this situation. I don't know. But Matt Jackson is seriously hurt, guys. He has a torn bicep. That is a legit injury. Um, so, and, and of course, they're playing it off as well in, in the storyline. So, mm-hmm. so Hangman Adam Page makes that announcement. Don Callis interrupts, and he just wants to apologize to Hangman Adam Page about what, you know, just how everything went down last week. And then the Blackpool Combat Club just freaking attack Hangman Adam Page from behind as they deliver this three-on-one beatdown. They're just beating the living shit out of Hangman Adam Page. And they take out Don Callis in the process as this dude was busted open. Freaking blood was gushing everywhere. I've also heard from PW Insider that that was a legit... Um, and again, I have to do more research about that. But what at least what I heard from PW Insider that that was a legit... Um, that was a legit cut or a legit wound uh, from Don Callis. I didn't see the wound, so yeah, I mean, I saw him get laid out, but I didn't. It happened right after 
um, right after as the segment went off or went off to commentary or went into the next match or whatever. But yeah, you could see Don Callis, like his face is all gushed in blood um, as soon as the segment went off the air there. Um, but yeah, but outside of that, and we'll talk more about that and we'll, I'm sure we'll give updates on that whole situation, but, um, but yeah, again, guys, I just said it freaking last segment, love the way that Blackpool combat club is being booked. They're just beating the shit out of everybody and doing whatever the fuck they want to do it. <laughs> and, and like, again, like, was this so hard, Tony Khan to, to book, to make the Blackpool combat club feel actually special. Right? right, and they're and notice, Brian, they're not doing a whole lot of talking now. I believe they're gonna do they're gonna cut a promo next week about um because a certain wrestler came back <laughs> last night, and we're gonna get into that in in just the very next segment. Um, and I'm sure they're gonna they're gonna explain their actions over the last few weeks, and I'm sure um in regards to the situation with Omega Page and the Bucks. Um, but I freaking, I freaking love what's going on with Blackpool combat club. I really freaking do. They're not doing a whole lot of talking. John mm-hmm. Moxley is most likely going to do the whole lot of talking. He's going to be pretty much the mouthpiece of this. You spoiled it for oh, me, Brian. God me. damn it. <laughs> but yes, guys, spoiler alert. Brian Danielson made uh made his return uh to AEW last night, but we'll get more Spoil into that. Alert. When's into that happens? Da- God damn it, Brian! You got you. Know, uh, I know. <laughs> I'm My just bad. playing. I'm just playing. But anyway, but yeah, and yes, of course, Brian Danielson could be that option as well. Yeah, but I think for the most part, it's gonna be it's gonna be one of those two. But I think it's mostly gonna be John Moxley because I think he's just the bigger star in this company right now. Um, but yeah, but here's the thing. They don't have to do a whole lot of talking. They just, right. they, they're just, they're, they're going about business as usual. They beat the shit out of people. They got their freaking hoods. They got their, their, you know, th- you know, they got their merch or whatever. They look badass. Like I fucking love it, dude. It's just simplistic mm-hmm. booking. Like it's not that fucking hard to book a team like the Blackpool combat club. It's really not. Um, because before they were, they were all about technical wrestling, as baby faces or whatever, which I mean, has a place, but at the same time, like, like make it interesting, like create a yeah. story out of it, like make them feel special. And this is the way how you do it. So I freaking love it. And of course we'll get more into Blackpool combat club and Kenny Omega and this entire storyline in the very next segment. But yeah, Brian, your, your thoughts with this, uh, this backstage segment with uh hangman, Adam page, Don Callis and the BCC. Again, I liked it. Um, it's adding again. And now, now you have, again, there, there's many, you know, there, there's Blackpool and, and Hangman's deal. Now they just attack Callus. There's Callus and Omega, right? There, there's a whole lot of different moving parts, right? And so, again, I, I like that they're continuing to tell that story. Again, don't sleep on Don Callis being behind everything here. Um, but as far as the booking goes, yeah, like we've been saying this for months, right? Like, if you're going to have them as a group and this is kind of their shtick, but yet, like, they're retreating from fucking Dark Order. Like, give me a break, man. So, yeah, if they're if they're back here and this is they're they're going to be a faction, yes, this is how they should be booked, right? Just dominate, kicking everybody's ass. So, yeah, I'm on board with it, 100%. Nice. Yeah, very well said. And by the way, guys, if you're if you're into movies, by the way, if you're if you're into that stuff, uh, just don't rely on Brian Thomas not to spoil it for you. So yeah. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. I'm just fun at you, man. I'm just fun. We're, no, it's all, it's all good. It's all love here, man. All right, y'all. Let's get into the end of our number one. This was our second match. This was Kenny Omega versus Jeff Cobb. This was for the IWGP World Title. I'm involving New Japan pretty much um, 
interesting to why the title is involved in all this. Uh, weird, I guess. I mean, you could have just had the one-on-one match, but um, I, I don't know. I, again, I, I don't know. What do I know? I just I just come on here and just critique the fucking shit. I don't know. Um, this match was 14 and a half minutes um, in length. Omega's really selling a side rib injury. This is like he's heavily taped. I believe it was from that attack from the BCC last week mm-hmm. um, in, in regards to that whole segment from last week. So he's really selling that. He's got side tape on the side of his ribs or whatever. Um, Omega wins this match. And again, very decent match. Um, and again, with Jeff Cobb. Is Jeff Cobb, by the way, Brian, uh, is is he an AEW active wrestler or is he from another promotion? So I know I, they did. Because yeah. I know they did... Um, Van Kingo, who's a part of uh, another promotion in Mexico, I want to say. I forget the name of the of the company. But is Jeff Cobb a part of, of AEW? I mean, I think he's, he's like, you know, one of those kind of – so I think mainly he's New Japan, but still okay. – because this is like the – I feel like I've seen him in AEW. This has got to be like the second or third time I've seen him over the years. Yeah. So, I mean, he's – Because if he's strictly a New, a, a New Japan pro wrestler – then I'm honestly fine with that because yeah, I, I think the same that's thing about yeah. Kingo. Like as long as it's not an active wrestler, that's just being thrown into this situation just to lose and just say, okay, thanks right. a lot, Johnny, go back to, go back <laughs> to catering and just do, you know, just twiddle your thumbs or whatever. Um, yeah. But if, but if Jeff Cobb, and again, I'll have to do more research about Jeff Cobb and his contract and his situation with AEW. But if he is a full-time uh, new Japan pro wrestler, and, you know, listen, you know, he 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 puts on a solid match and Kenny Omega goes out there and beats him. Listen, fine, that's no harm, no foul. As long as it's not a, a freaking now, I don't know why a New Japan pro wrestler is taking up all this TV time when you could be trying to develop that for your actual active talent. But uh, again, but again, that's that's another different story for a different day. But uh, in regards to that situation, I, I don't mind it. And I just love the fact that Kenny Omega is back as a singles wrestler like enough yeah i have nothing against the elite like the team but guys like omega and the bucks they feel so much more special when they are completely separated from one another it's just the honest freaking truth kenny omega goes out there and he's freaking kenny omega the bucks are the freaking young bucks enough with this elite shit like enough it's just it, it doesn't you know it makes them do like they held on to freaking trios titles and it was the most irrelevant part of their entire career guys that's not my opinion that's a fucking yeah. fact because no one gives a shit about the trios titles i mean it's a shame but it's the reality um so yeah so kenny omega wins this match in a, in a decent solid 14 and a half minute match uh, the BCC once again hit the ring as they surround they surround Kenny Omega as they're standing on the apron again, kind of shield type of vibes, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and Brian Danielson, guys, he returns his music hits and he storms to the ring looking to help out Kenny Omega. He's storming the ring. He's also going around the ring saying, like, guys, like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I've been, yeah. I've been gone for several weeks, and this is what you guys are doing. And you know, he's yelling at uh, Yuda at Claudio. And, and Moxley is there now all the outside of the ring. And he goes to, to help up uh, Kenny Omega, who's pretty much just, you know, taking an ass whooping at this point. He went through a grueling match and he was about to take another ass whooping from the, from the BCC. So he goes to help him up. He extends his hand. He does help him up. Uh, Wheeler Yuta hits the apron for a distraction because that distraction allows for Brian Danielson to, to kind of play a puppet or I guess to play uh uh, what, what, what would you possum. call it, Brian? Call, play it possum. Thank you. <laughs> Play, playing possum um, and hits uh, hits the running knee 
to uh, to Kenny Omega as Brian Danielson full, turns fully freaking heel uh, yeah. joining the Blackpool Combat Club. He applies that label lock as the rest of the BCC are just stomping away onto Kenny Omega. And yeah, guys, the Blackpool Combat Club stand tall and Brian Danielson is back rejoining the BCC as an official heel or an official heel heel turn uh, mm-hmm. for this segment. So Brian, I'll have you start your thoughts on the match itself, your thoughts about Brian Danielson being back in, in this entire segment as a whole. Yeah, I thought the match was, you know, it was pretty good. I mean, it's a Kenny Omega match and Jeff Cobb is, is pretty damn good in his own right. Um, like I said, I don't know much about him. This is only maybe the third time I've seen him. Um, but yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he is pretty much, you know, full-time roster New Japan. And I guess that that explains why the, the championship was on the line. Um, it, honestly, I'd, I'd even be okay with Cobb winning that and just taking that back to Japan, right? <laughs> and have Omega involved in the storylines that he's going to come up without the titles involved in it. Um, but anyway, that's neither here nor there, I guess. Um, but yeah, af- afterwards, uh, you know, the beatdown on Omega and and when Danielson came in, man, I mean, he that was a good swerve, man. Like I, I thought, I thought he was coming back. Well, first of all, I'm I'm kind of surprised to see him back this soon. I thought he'd be gone a little bit longer. I mean, what's it been? Three weeks, Something maybe around there. Yeah. yeah. So I figured it'd be a little bit longer, but whatever. He's back, and that's great. Um, and yeah, you know, when he helped up Omega, I, I thought that, you know, uh, I guess they were going to kind of help help each other out. But I like this way better uh, that he, you know, he he more. I mean, not really hit Omega from behind, but you know, kind of took him out anyway. Um, and that's a match I'm really I would love to see that match Omega and Danielson. Um, have they fought already? I, I'm I believe sure they, they fought already. They, maybe they yeah. did. Yeah, I, I'd have to go back and and look. But anyway, I'd love to see it again. Whatever, because I think those two arguably are at least they're two of the best in ring, right? You know, in the world. So absolutely, yeah. Um. So yeah, this this uh heel heel turn with Danielson now, you know, and and Blackpool, you know, fully formed with all four of them. Yeah, I like it. Um, obviously, you know, Hangman's going to be still involved. Uh, maybe one of the Jacksons. I, I guess, you know, who knows what's going on with the Bucks. But, um, again, I, I like the storytelling. So, good on you, AEW. <laughs> no, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I mean, I pretty much – I mean, it's it's funny. It's Even though the swerve was awesome, it, it was a nice little swerve, but I honestly saw it coming because, guys, if you remember last week, I talked about Brian Danielson and how Brian Danielson can be added to the situation, you know, because mm-hmm. there's there's four members of the elite or whatever. You have four, you know, four total members now of the BCC. Yeah. I believe there's a show called Blood and Guts. Maybe they want to do something <laughs> with that, and then maybe you, you split that into individual matches. But, guys, I told you. But like I said, let's, let, let, let me give myself a pat on the back because I fucking called this shit. Now, again, listen, it was and I'm sure a lot of people kind of saw this coming as well. So I'm kind of just kind of just jokingly. But yeah, but listen, to make myself feel better, I'm gonna give myself a nice little nice, nice little pat on the back there because, you know, <laughs> because, hey, man, I'm freaking good at this shit, man. Um, but look, um, but even though I, I saw it coming, honestly, um, it was still pretty awesome in the moment. Um, and yeah, but, but that's what AEW needs more of, man. They need more moments. 
you know, they, they have, you know, they'll tell you a freaking a library of great wrestling matches. You know, one week it's the greatest wrestling match. Then this week it's the greatest wrestling match. It's like sure. every match in AEW is the greatest match in dynamite history. Like what the fuck? I mean, talking right. about stroking the freaking ego and the freaking, you know, what of Tony Khan in this company. I mean, my <laughs> God, um, no Jesus doubt. Christ. but that's what they need more of Brian. They need more moments like that. Um, so good to see Brian Danielson come back. And I definitely hear you. I thought he was going to be out at least for another couple more weeks. Yeah. Um, but hey, you know, they made the moment special yep. um, because it's funny. It's like the music hit and the crowd was silent at first. And then as soon as the music started kicking more into high gear, that's when you heard the pop and freaking Brian Danielson storming into uh, into the ring. So, yeah. And again, nice, solid again, guys, it doesn't. And here's the thing, too, and I want to make this also clear before I get into the second hour, which completely goes into a completely different direction, <laughs> in, and it's not in a good way. Um, like, guys, it doesn't take, you know, companies to move mountains to, at least for us, for on, mm-hmm. for our honest critiques to say, hey, this was damn good. Just yeah. do something that's simplistic, that makes sense. And that can get people invested. If you can do those several things, then we are on board. You don't have to freaking move mountains. It doesn't yeah. take a fucking rocket scientist to put on a, a solid segment, a match, a, a, a storyline, or a show as a whole. It it really doesn't, Brian. Because like I said, I mean, I'm sure me and you together could come up with a lot of creative shit on this show. Yeah, no doubt. Especially for a lot of wrestlers. And I know a lot of people in this community, in, in this community, in the Ruthless Talk community, can do the exact same thing. Sure. Um, but no doubt this first hour overall, man, was very solid. The second yeah. hour, though. <laughs> fucking A. <laughs> oh, God, Lee. But uh... let's just jump straight into it. So... Yeah. Uh, next week uh, is going to be FTR versus the Gun Club for the AEW World Tag Title. So if FTR does not win that match, they are gone from AEW uh, for good. And that match is going to be in Long Island, New York. So they're not going to wait until blood and guts. They're not going to wait until uh, double or nothing for that matter. They're just going to get the match done uh, straight to straight to next week. And, and maybe that's a good thing, because here's the thing, too. Mm-hmm. about the guns right listen i i don't want to come on here and, and think that i just shit on the gun club just to shit on them or any type of wrestler for that matter it's just why in the fuck are they holding tag titles yeah it makes no sense to me i actually don't mind the guns i think they get some genuine heel heat because i think fans just want to see you know see them just beat the shit someone beat the shit out of them you know what i mean right right but it makes no sense for you to take the titles off the acclaimed who are the most over freaking tag team in your company just to give it to the just to give it to the gun club for yeah. for, for what it, it makes no what uh, to get a pop in the rating because you have a title match mm-hmm. give me a fucking break like enough <laughs> dude um so look hopefully tony khan rectifies ftr because let's be honest their booking in regards to aw dynamite television has been fucking irrelevant and hopefully this changes cuz ftr um and this match is going to tell a lot um, if you know if FTR wins this match, great. You know, continue to put the rocket yeah. to the back with those titles and let them freaking soar and, and make and make them feel, you know, or at least make us feel that they're the best, one of the best freaking tag teams in this freaking industry. Please, for fuck's mm-hmm. sake, man. Um, so yeah, um, so the FTR, the guns next week. 
I mean, I wish there maybe was a storyline involved, but you know what? Maybe, you know, Tony Khan knows that I think this situation has just been gone off the rails. He's like, you know what? Let's just do it in Long Island, New York. Let's just let's just get the titles on FTR and let's just roll from there pretty much. And then you still got what basically a month left to build yeah, you got some kind of feud with FTR to whoever they yeah. may face at the pay-per-view. Exactly. And I and I feel yeah. maybe Tony Khan thinks he might get backlash from that as well with the whole month of build. Just to tell another a rematch, pretty much between the guns. Well, that's. I hope it's not the that. I would hope it's not the guns. Maybe it would be a rematch. I don't know, but yeah. Well, technically, yeah. this is a rematch because they fought multiple. Yeah, times, yeah, is what, right, is right. what I mean. So that's you know, like, and that's the thing, right? Like, you know, don't promote a a match on a pay per view if it's just a rematch because right, yeah, in the yeah. match multiple times. So, and that that's probably what Tony Khan was maybe thinking about here. So, um, so in that aspect, I, I don't mind it at all. Um, again, I just hope FTR in this whole situation, their booking finally gets rectified because, you know, we said it before with Dax Harwood and his comments about the locker room. And they've spoke very highly about this, that they have not been happy the way that they've been booked and they have not been happy the way tag team wrestling in general um, with the AEW locker room, I should say, has been booked. So hopefully with a with FTR being on back on top of the of the mountain, maybe that finally rectifies things. So, uh, Brian, yeah. your thoughts on this whole tag match for next week and this whole situation with FTR and the guns? Yeah, just happy to see FTR back. And, I, yeah, for sure expect them to – well, this is what I'll say. Yeah, I, I expect them to win, and obviously that means they'll be staying in AEW as the champs. Um, you know, that being said, is it totally out of the realm of possibility that they, you know, they just do a job on the way out the door? You know, I guess not. Um, but yeah, that'll, uh, that'll pretty much tell you where the, where, where FTR is going, whether they win or lose. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, I, I, I'm just glad to see FTR back. So that, that's what I think about that. And yeah, the guns as a, as a whole, like, I don't know. It, it just, it, they're, they're just, they're not ready. Uh, again, there's, there's many people. Um, I, I can't remember somebody you, or no. I guess it was Cody I'm thinking of where he was talking about a uh, solo saying solo, you're not ready. You're not ready. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of feel the same way about the guns. I mean, are, you know, could they be in, in five, 10 years? Sure. But right now, no. no. Especially not holding fucking titles. Yeah. Right? Especially not holding titles. I mean, my God. Um, and then beating FTR twice. Like, yeah, no, yeah. Please, exactly. no. And beating one of the best tag teams in the world twice. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, and, and you know, you said it well, it's good to see FTR back and hopefully they're booking moving forward. Once they win those titles, they actually feel freaking meaningful and they actually, I hope so, man. Cause finally. yeah, Listen, they... I mean, they, they win titles all over the world. They won <laughs> IWGP tag titles. They win ROH tag titles, but AW television, they are fucking relevant, but hopefully, hopefully this, you know, them and I think that that largely comes down to the, the fan base. If I'm being honest, right. Because you know, FTR is kind of old school wrestling, whereas, you know, the AEW niche audience is fucking, you know, Canadian destroyers, moonsaults, flippy yeah. doos, you know, and but they so, also do that stuff too. So you would think that 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 even new school not, fans would not get behind like that, them, right? Yeah, but I, I wouldn't not to that degree. I don't think. I, I think they're still. Yeah, FTR is more of an old school team yeah. than. It's like their vibe, the vibe of the team is more old yeah. school. Like you listen to their theme. By the way, their theme music is freaking. I love their <laughs> theme music. Right. What, what's What's the name of that, uh, Brian? You, you You might know. This I don't name. even know that. I, I don't even know. It's, I think it's. A, I think it's like a. It's like a remix version of. Um, 
not the not the uh oh, the rock and no not the rock and roll express uh midnight express midnight express midnight express yeah if you guys that have might heard be. midnight express yeah. is theme song if you listen to that and you listen to FTR's theme song it's very very similar uh, um, yeah i'll have to go i'll FTR, have to check that freaking, out yeah no and cuz you know you, you know we talk about FTR about you know they they love old school tag team wrestling oh so yeah rock and roll and midnight express, midnight express oh, rock and roll awesome. they are the definition of old school tag team wrestling yep. so but yeah um yeah i love that freaking theme song it's honestly one of the best freaking theme songs um in AEW um and arguably in professional wrestling i freaking love that theme song all right y'all next match our third match of the night this was freshly squeezed orange cassidy your uh international in AEW international champion versus the butcher uh for that aw international championship match time was under nine minutes uh butcher and the blade the blade of course was at ringside um they attack cassidy before the bell referee kicks blade out from ringside later on blade just comes back and gets involved um hits orange cassidy with the crowbar as the referee is distracted um you know orange cassidy he, he hits him over the back the best friends come out to the aid of Orange Cassidy. They attack the blade as their number as the numbers are now in their favor. And Orange Cassidy wins this match via the orange punch and the beach break finisher for the W. Um, I'm just glad that Orange Cassidy is not starting the show. Off. <laughs> right. I, mean, guys, I was gonna listen, say the same thing. Match, is look, Tony listening to us? He's like, Well, fuck, I can't put him on first. He must be fucking listening to some he's probably listening <laughs> I gotta to put us him on because six. we've said this week after week after week. Like, <laughs> listen, we like Orange Cassidy, we have respect for Orange Cassidy. Yeah. Great for him that he actually has fans with this fucking gimmick. Again, looking like a freaking teenager out of freaking junior high school. I mean, more props to him. Freaking he's getting a payday. Shit, yeah, like no nope. absolutely, <laughs> you know, exactly. So but again, him starting the night off every single dynamite, which feels like for months, weeks, and months now, it's just mm. like it just felt redundant at that point because it's it was know, at least a about, month straight of dynamite shows. Yeah, at least it's just like we talk about the redundancy, especially not just in, in AW dynamite, but just in this company as a whole, the redundancy. It's like it's like a Clorox yeah. fucking wipe, like I always reference a lot in when it comes to professional wrestling as a whole. You know, every single time you start off an AEW show, at least for Dynamite, you're going to hear Orange Cassidy's theme music hits and we go into an international title. But at least this was in the middle of your show. I I still don't understand what we're doing with this title, though. That was the only honestly positive take I I could think of when it comes to this match, Brian. At least it doesn't start the show off. Yeah, Um, that that's really it. Um, In regards to this international title, guys, what the fuck are we doing? That this title is fucking meaningless. You can have all the freaking matches you want with this title and make it and, and make it honorable, right? But if there's right. no fucking story, if there's nothing behind the match, there is no fucking point. Um, and it's just and it's just irrelevant. Um, and and I feel bad for Orange Cassidy because he he's, he's been a a workhorse, and I and I give him credit where credit is due because he's been he's been out there. He goes out there. He wrestles freaking in ten plus minute matches. And he defends the title, but however, his fucking boss has his head so far up his fucking ass that he he, he has nothing nothing for Orange Cassidy for uh, for majority of fans to get invested in him. Right, um, and it's just it's just a shame. So that that's my whole take. The only positive, Brian, again, it's just that it, it's in the middle of your show and not the, and not the start of the show. <laughs> right, but uh, but yeah, Brian, your thoughts of uh, on this match and, and Orange Cassidy and this entire segment as a whole. Yeah, kind of the same. I mean, the match, honestly, if you watch the match, it was shit. They were they were really off uh 
pretty frequently yeah. in the match. And one of those um, matches that were like we always talk about, you know, the chemistry in a match. Yeah, it was just one right. of those things where it wasn't ugly. It was just the chemistry seemed like it was off. We've spoken about that even in WWE matches where you you can see the chemistry is just not there. Uh, but yeah, Brian, that's a very good point. Absolutely. Yeah. And so it's just a couple of things with this match. Like, why is he fighting the butcher? Uh, the butcher is one half of a tag <laughs> right. team. Why, he's a why tag is team the butcher and the blade not in the tag team division? Title. Oh, why? Like, God. the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And why is the butcher and the blade not involved in the tag team picture? Like, again, we, we've spoken about this, and, and, and the AEW wrestlers have a. A much different um, work schedule, I would say, than than WWE. So, I, you know, maybe it's up to the wrestlers themselves. Maybe they don't want to be there as much. And hey, if that's the case, whatever. More props to you. But if they are there every week, which I mean, it seems like the Butcher and Blade are at least here recently. They're they're there fairly frequently. Why are they not in the tag team picture? <laughs> like uh, instead, because Booker Tony Khan Blade, either doesn't give a fuck. Or his head is so far up his ass that he yeah. doesn't know how to book Butcher and Blade. That's just it. Yes. How do we- I mean, if you want to, you, you get ready to put the belts back on FTR. I mean, I think FTR against the Butcher and the Blade were pretty, I, I a pretty damn many, good match. Well, I want to know how many fans out there that really thought that, man, you think there's a chance that the Butcher is going to beat Orange Cassidy? <laughs> right. Who yeah. the fuck is thinking that? Yeah, he's going <laughs> like, to be. Do we really uh, think a butcher- tag team wrestler is going to take away Orange Cassidy's international AEW international title <laughs> right. like guys let's be fucking real like again with in the words of jade cardgill cut the shit <laughs> yeah. oh and my then, god so at, at the at the end of the match i don't know if you caught this but like you know we you've spoken highly about like the refs in AEW and just how shit it just seems like they're all yeah. like every rule every match is like a mm-hmm. no dq a no whatever yeah so did you catch at the end of the match right so the butcher so orange cassidy's on the outside right Butcher's in the ring with the ref, kind of distracted him. The blade, you know, does does whatever. And then Butcher heads back over to Orange Cassidy and literally just chucks the ref halfway across the ring. Like, isn't that a fucking DQ? Like, yeah, it's I, what I the don't. fuck just and then yeah. So AW uh, television though, Brian, the rules don't fucking matter because people I mean, don't freaking because the attention spans of fans, because they're not calling it out because they're so fucking short. So no and one's and, calling and, it out. Yeah. Guess what, guys? We're calling it out because we are not a bunch of fucking marks. <laughs> that that's like, the this thing, wasn't, you know what I mean. But it yeah, wasn't continue. like like a little like push or shove out the way. Like he legit. I mean, it was a good halfway yeah, across the no, ring. That yeah, dude, it was freaking. It was. Wild. It was just yeah. like whatever. So yeah, Orange Cassidy wins. Great. Um, again, you, you said it well. Where yeah, the second hour, it it just oh man, I mean, kind of straight downhill. God. I mean, yeah. talk about a freaking crash landing. I mean, start, <laughs> yeah. I mean, my lord. Yeah. Oh man, but yeah, Orange Cassidy win. He defends his title. Okay, great. Um, again, this, this title though is still irrelevant and not only is the title irrelevant, but so is orange Cassidy in the process. Yeah. I know that's harsh to say, but guys, you know, it's not my opinion. It's just the reality. Mark Sterling, uh, backstage says if Taya Valkyrie uses the jaded finisher again, she will be sent to court and will be sued. Um, yeah, because I guess, you know, you know, who is Taya Valkyrie? Good question. You have to go to fucking rampage to figure that out because she's not even on dynamite. She debuted on dynamite 
And she's been nowhere on AEW Dynamite television since. She's been on an irrelevant fucking Rampage show yeah. that has hardly even 300,000 viewers on. That's the show you have to go watch Taya Valkyrie in. Um, and then, guys, the only thing, and, and to send this off to you, Brian, is, you know, as we get cl uh, closer to the main event here, closer at the end of the second hour, the only thing that was keeping me invested in, in, in this segment was Jade Cargill and how fine her ass is. Like, honest to God, like, sh this woman is like, is she is like honest? This thing is um, oh my god. <laughs> she she's definitely worked woman. hard for I that, mean, man. Holy, yeah. holy shit! Is this is this woman fine? And that outfit? I mean, God <laughs> damn! I mean, this girl is a is a walking smoke show. That's it. Outside of thank God for for Jay Car Cargill and her beautiful self, uh, I would have been tuned out of this entire freaking whatever this thirty second again. I, and, and again, I don't want to sound like a hypocrite either, even though it was only maybe what 60 seconds but yeah. again, but in regards to this feud is what i mean who the fuck cares i said it last week brian i must say it now who the fuck cares and, and it's a shame because it's jade cargill she has this dominant undefeated streak and and nobody's hardly talking about it because the build the the, the build of the title the build of the of the wrestler that is jade cargill it is is so mediocre it, it is yeah. it's not even funny honestly um, but before we get into this next match, I mean, that's all I really got to say, guys. Who the hell freaking cares? <laughs> Ryan, your, your thoughts in this whole situation with the TBS title? Yeah, mostly the same. Only I, I am a little bit intrigued just because of, A, it does seem like they're trying to build, or maybe not build, but they've made somewhat of a big deal of Valkyrie coming in here and just given the, the two women's, like, the size of both women, like, I, I think it's a, a legit challenge. So I am kind of interested in the match. And I would say, like, to your point where, you know, all these things are promoted on Rampage, I think it's even unfortunate that, I mean, Jade herself, I would say most of her matches have probably been on Rampage rather than Dynamite. So if if they're going to, I would hope when, when this match comes, I don't know if it'll be at a pay-per-view or at least put it on Dynamite rather than Rampage. Right, and that's the thing. Like, I mean, is this is this build going to be all the way to double or nothing? Like, is that... Uh, yeah, I mean, that'd that be a pretty long build, here? yeah. Because if this is the build, then fucking A, do we have a problem. Oh, my <laughs> right. God. But, yeah, so I, I don't know what the deal is here. And, yeah, like with Jade Cardgill, like you mentioned, yeah, she's either... Um, I believe she was in like a squash type of match a few weeks ago. Yeah, I mean we've seen her in a lot of squash I mean, type matches. Pretty much itself. Um, yeah, yeah, she's been in some squat matches, but yeah, outside of that, she's in these sixty-second vignette segments that right. yeah nobody cares about. Unless you want to just stare at Jade Cargill and her beautiful fine self, then that's pretty much it's pretty much it. So, so I I do want to see her in a match. Like I said, you know, of somebody at least that's. That's physically imposing enough to to actually present a challenge to her, and hopefully they give her like fucking you know ten minutes or something to to put on a match. But yeah, I mean, we'll listen, see. I'm sure the match will be somewhat intriguing because again, you know, but again, if the build is so lackluster, then right, who's right. going to care when we get up to that point? Yeah, um, and it's a Agreed. shame because Jade Kel. I've said this for weeks. And I'm gonna say it now about Jade Cardgill. She has improved dramatically when it comes to the development sure. of her character. I mean, yeah. she's more confident. She feels like she's like a walking freaking star. Like, you know, she looks like it. She shit. She has the freaking gorgeous, sexy ass body. Um, but yeah, like she has, she has it. She has the look. She's getting better in her matches. So, and again, I don't understand how you 
how you botch that, how, yeah. how you botch your booking. I, I just, it makes no, it's just so odd to me, but that's Tony Khan. Just not the, investing that, in women overall. Entire women's division. Yeah. Same in, thing in, in WWE. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and this, that, that's the entire women's divisions booking in a nutshell. Speaking of the women's division, that's how we get into <laughs> our next match here because fucking a does that it does not get better. It just gets fucking. Yeah. Worse. Willow Nightingale versus Ruby Soho alongside uh, Soraya and Tony Storm. Match time was eight minutes in length. Soraya gets involved. Uh, she's just delivering knees to the head uh, of Willow Nightingale as the referee is distracted. Um, Soraya looks to get involved again. However, Nightingale throws her into the uh, the ring post. Ruby hits two Pele kicks to, uh, to Willow Nightingale, and she kicks out at two. Soraya creates another distraction, allows Ruby to roll up Willow Nightingale with an assist from Tony Storm. So she's rolling up, uh, she's rolling up Willow Nightingale and she has her feet on the ropes. And then, and of course to use for leverage, Tony Storm, while the referee is not, you know, doesn't see it. She's holding down uh, Ruby's uh, feet to get that little advantage, that leverage advantage for the W as Ruby Soho wins this match. Post-match, the outcasts, they continue to beat down Nightingale after the match. Um, as they look to injure her leg, as they set up like a chair shot to her leg, uh, Sky Blue and Riho hit hit the ring for the save, pretty much to no avail, as they're now getting their ass kicked. Um, and then Jamie Hayter hits the ring. Your uh, just a reminder, your AW Women's <laughs> Champion. Just again, right. if you forgot, then I don't fucking blame you because her booking has been fucking garbage. Um, and this is just another. And this segment just proves my point. Um, she comes out there, she takes out the rest of the outcasts. As they are up, retreating up the rampway. Um, Riho then comes face to face with Jamie Hader, and she does like the discount double check bullshit. So I guess we're getting a, a match for the title on on Dynamite, guys. What the fuck was this entire shit? A and like, what are we doing with this women's division? Like, I don't, I don't yeah. understand. Like, this is a bunch of fucking. This is a this is a fucking mess. Yeah, I mean, holy! I mean, where do I begin, Brian? I mean, first of all, the roll-up finish. I, I mean, guys, I don't care if there was an assist. I don't. I was care gonna say at least they, they changed it up a little bit with the assist. But, but guys, yeah. if you watch Willow Nightingale, she's just she's just she's like a turtle on her. She it's like a turtle that's fallen over on her shell. Uh, God, it's like it's like the, it's. I go back to this reference, like the Christmas movie, right? With a guys, I can't get up. Like I can't get up. Like I mean, what's what's Nightingale like? Two and she just. Two, but here's the thing: she doesn't and... swarm. She just fucking sits there like a like like a fucking tool. <laughs> she's just like okay because yeah. she, because she's a big you know I mean she's a big gal right. So if she knows if she kind of squirms to try to kick out, she's going that shoulder's gonna roll off. So she right. has no choice but to fucking sit there, and it makes her look like a fucking geek. Yeah. I hate the fucking thing. Why is Ruby Soho that weighs? I mean, let's be honest, guys. She weighs what? One twenty. What maybe one one twenty on a good day? Twenty five. <laughs> With big, big gal Willow Nightingale, and she's rolling her up. I understand, guys, the finish and using the leverage, but guys, like, why? Like, just why? Yeah, it, it, it still does not make any sense, and it looks horrible. It still looks awful. Yeah, it does. I mean, it's just like, why do we constantly have these small 
tiny ass women no shade to ruby soho shout or or dudes or you know, they do the same thing with the men too yeah and they do it the same thing with the men Darby you know, Allen, these tiny you know. these like david versus goliath matches where they just roll up these six foot freaking giants and they're rolling them up and they and they they don't try to squirm to kick out they just fucking sit there because yeah. they, because they know if they squirm they're gonna botch the move yeah and it looks fucking pathetic but 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 you know but let's just keep doing the roll up finish you know she's like oh it protected willow nightingale because you know there was an assist to uh to to tony storm james it's 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 part of the story see james like you're you're so negative like you got to you got to think long term james like guys look back and watch this motherfucker it was ugly yeah. she's sitting <clears throat> on her fucking shoulders just sitting there like a tool i understand listen willow nightingale Listen, I'm sure she's a sweetheart, but she's another woman. You mentioned the guns, right? About not being ready. Willow Nightingale, yeah, yes. has agreed. she improved? Has she does she put on decent matches even for a big gal? Yeah, she does. I give her credit. Same with Sky Blue. I said the same thing about Sky Blue last week. She's improved with her in-ring work because man, she is and I mean it doesn't take a rocket scientist to, to to see with Sky Blue. Like she's been very, very shaky. But last week's match against Ruby Soho was solid. Same thing here with Willow Nightingale, but guys, her character is not connecting to anybody. Nobody hardly remembers she's even on the fucking show. Yeah. And that's a problem. But but let's just throw her out there. I mean, but, and, you know, she's involved in this, whatever this is, with the outcast, when I thought it was between Jamie Hayter and Britt, yet Jamie Hayter's out there, but then it's Sky Blue and Riho that are out there. Guys, this... I mean, yeah. So, again, guys, let's just throw everybody out there in one fucking segment because we have nothing for this women's division. It is lazy-ass booking that needs to fucking stop. Brian, your thoughts? Yeah, the match was meh. Uh, not much to say about that. Um, it was okay. As far as the feud, I guess that it seems like where it's you know the outcast i i guess now against willow sky blue and riho look for experience purposes and size purposes i guess like willow riho and sky blue to me as a fan looking you know looking at it do not present a legitimate challenge to the outcast right they just to me they don't um, so yeah, why, why you were having this back and forth with them, I, you know, I don't know. Um, and then hater coming out there, you know, to make the save, uh, you know, we, we've talked about this before, with like, you know, kind of like the Blackpool combat club was doing with the dark order. Like if, if the outcasts are already out there and they've taken out Willow, Riho and sky blue, and then it's just Jamie hater coming out there. Why the hell is are the outcasts now, you know, th the three of them scared of Jamie Hayter, right? It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> oh, I'm so, so glad you brought that up. But continue. I'm going to mention that before I get into this. Man. Yeah, and I love uh, Jamie Hayter. Like I, I feel the same way. They've they've dropped the the ball booking with her. I think she's a really really good talent. Um, and then yeah, at the end where so Hayter comes out to save Riho and Sky Blue or whatever, and then Riho challengers are i guess to a match 
Yeah, it was just kind of all over so the fucking, fucking place. Weird. It's all yeah. over the place, but yeah. But yeah, guys, freaking so, so the outcasts, right? It's like they're they're running away from one from one person. Yeah, I, I mean, one person. It's like guys. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like Jamie Hader just turned into fucking Jason or fucking Michael Myers. You ever see a fucking horror movie? Right. A Michael Myers in a Friday the Thirteenth movie. It's pr- it's a reenactment of that. It's like Jamie Hader just turned into freaking Michael Myers. Are we doing? <laughs> it's like yeah, right. They're they're running for their fucking lives, Brian. This yeah. is a, this is supposed to be a badass faction, and right. they're running away. Why? Because she's the world champion, and she's supposed to feel dominant. Guys, what fucking sense does that make? It's one person against three. Yeah, but people will yeah. defend it, Brian. People will. There's <laughs> gonna be fucking marks in your niche audience that are gonna fucking defend it, and it, that and that's what pisses me off more than freaking anything you you got it right with the blackpool combat club and now the outcasts they i mean holy shit yeah i mean they're running for their lives like they're about to be stabbed to fucking death <laughs> i mean holy shit they're like guys I, I i can't like they turn they they freaking hightail it i mean it's guys yep. go back and watch i mean i'm like i'm sitting there going like is is this really what we're doing with with, with tony storm soraya and and and, and ruby yeah who the f- and again, like why is, again, why they didn't just all beat down hater at that point is, you'll beat her ass there's yeah. three of you <laughs> like what like where's the realism in in this right like, where where is the common sense <laughs> it just oh my god i can harp on that brian for another two more oh hours, for sure it's yeah. not even waste of my breath because it's that fucking dumb yeah but yeah it's just it's it's ridiculous but yeah guys that's the outcasts booking in a nutshell and also the rest of this women's division in a nutshell um, no sign of Britt Baker at all um, until we get to this freaking main event, which we're about to get into now. But yeah, very weird that Britt's not involved in this situation either. Yeah, just everything about this, just like the whole everything with the AEW locker room right now, it's a mess, a fucking yep. mess. Main event time. We go into Adam Cole, baby, in his in-ring return versus Daniel Garcia. Match time was eleven minutes. Um, Adam Cole gets a nice little welcome back chant and an Adam Cole chant to start off the match as the bell rings. Um, the crowd is also chanting, you're a wrestler to uh, to Daniel Garcia. As there's that whole, I, I guess, storyline you want to call it or whatever, that Daniel Garcia, he's going to, the 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 roads or the crossroads that he has, no pun intended to Cody Rhodes, <laughs> <laughs> to whether he wants to be a, a sports entertainer or a professional right. wrestler, I guess. So there's that whole Euro wrestler chant. Um, Adam Cole is selling the neck injury a lot in this match. Um, it's like I think he delivered not one pile driver, but two pile drivers in this match, or maybe more. Uh, but I believe I only yeah. counted two in this match, pretty much. Um, he attempted one on the outside, and then it was reversed into a uh, into a a power sl- or not a power slam, but counters and throws uh Garcia over his shoulders and onto the outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like Adam Cole is really selling the neck injury. So, and this is weird too. And I go back to the fucking refs. Um so look, I understand like the realism part. Like, you know, he has the neck injury. Like you kind of want to be realistic in that situation. You don't want to sure. just go out there and just put on a freaking 30, 20 minute match. Right. So so I like the fact that you know Adam Cole, he's like that was very more slower pace. And he didn't want to, and he didn't do too much, which I like the fact he doesn't need to. It's his first match back anyway. Um, but I like the realism is 
in that aspect to say, yeah, it's like, you know, he's not going to go in a, in a 20 minute war, especially mm-hmm. with Daniel Garcia. Like, come on now, man, stop. Um, yeah. So I, I like, I like that aspect of it, but guys like, so the ref is checking Adam Coles's neck, right. You know, just after that pile driver, you know, again, just to be safe, like just to, to check up on him doing his job, which is fine. But guys, he stands he stands outside of the ring, which feels for like a fucking eternity. It's like at some <laughs> point you need to go back into the ring and start the count. Right. He just stands there like a freaking like a like a like a like a overprotected guardian. Like he's like like making sure Adam Cole's okay. And he's sta- he's standing out there for like a good solid, at least a good solid minute and a half. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, check up on him, make sure he's okay. But then you got to go back into the fucking ring, bro, and start counting. There's a fucking right. match going on. Unless you just want to ring the bell and just think he can't continue. You see where I'm going with this? Yeah, yeah, just, for sure. So weird, Um, at least in that aspect of it. I, I understand the aspect with the neck, but I'm just like, okay, at some point, dude, you got to get back in the ring and freaking start counting. So that was yeah. weird. Um, but yeah, Adam Cole continues to sell that, that neck injury as Garcia really really takes control of the majority uh, of this match. Pace was very slow for the most part, which I like. I'm not complaining at all, especially a lot mm-hmm. of matches that we get about AEW. Ping, ping, poo, all this freaking <laughs> yeah, no doubt. gymnastics freaking athletes just flying all over the place. So I'll take this type of pace in an AEW match any freaking day of the week. Um, so yeah, Garcia hits another pile driver and Cole ends up kicking out at two and a half. Um, Cole wins this match via the Panama Sunrise off of the top rope. And the running boom kick uh, to the back of Daniel Garcia's head as Adam Cole wins his match um, in his return match, I should say, over Daniel Garcia. Britt Baker comes out congratulating Adam Cole as now streamers and confetti are now running down. That looks so bad. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna get to that in just a second. Yeah, it was very weird. So streamers are running down like Adam Cole just won the fucking world title. He just climbed Mount Everest. Um, Chris Jericho's music hits. He's storming to the ring. Obviously, he's got a pissed look on his face. He is not happy at all. But he helps Dan- Daniel Garcia out as he's pre- as Daniel Garcia is pretty still much laid out. He helps him out. He rolls him underneath the ring ropes, and they walk to the back. And Jericho stops for like a few seconds as he's looking over his shoulder. I think he did it like once or twice. Yeah, um, over the shoulder, looking, glancing over at uh at Adam Cole. As you can tell, the wheels are spinning in his head. Finally, they both walk into the back as the show ends with Adam Cole and Britt Baker in the middle of the ring, standing tall. And that is AEW Dynamite. Brian, I will start this off with you. Your thoughts on this main event between Adam Cole and Daniel Garcia? Uh, it was a good match, uh, no doubt. Um, I, I, I just feel, you know, I don't know if it was partly because of the, you know, the Adam Cole has now announced his return at least twice, and you know we've been waiting for this or whatever. It felt underwhelming to me. It, it really did. Yeah, um, absolutely, it's very well it, said. Absolutely, yeah. It, it just I don't know. Something something didn't hit right, and then yeah, the streamers afterwards. Uh, um, I mean, oh, great. I'm I'm happy he's back. Absolutely. Um, but to have that because. I don't know. I, I guess because he just, well, in real life, yes, it's, you know, he came back from a, a serious injury and 
a great happy but, for him, whatever. Streamers? Yeah, and but it just having Guys, I mean, if, right. if Adam Cole is silly. getting a return match like that, you might as well. As, I mean, is Miro going to get fucking streamers when he comes back? <laughs> is frick, is Chris Statlander going to get streamers? Because if right. it's like, like, because what the fuck was that? Yeah. I mean, um, listen, I like Adam Cole. It's great to see him back. I mean, try, I, I have all the love and respect for Adam Cole, but guys, he's there's confetti like running down the exploding and 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 all this streamers are in the ring like he just won the fucking world title i'm just like yeah what what are we doing <laughs> it's just so, yeah, it so was, odd it was and weird. out of place and i'm like am i supposed to is this supposed to feel like a special moment like did, did uh, what what the fuck am i missing here it makes no makes no sense like it's yeah. like adam cole it's like did he win the nobel peace prize did, did he did he again did he climb mount everest did he did, did he walk on the moon like what the fuck <laughs> yeah. yeah it's just so odd but yeah brian continue so yeah it was it was just like i said but underwhelming for 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 the build of it and again announcing it twice that he's returning Absolutely, it was just yeah. under underwhelming Absolutely. um and then post-match uh look blood and guts we're getting chris jericho against adam cole um I, yeah i guess this is going to be his first feud he, you know I don't know. I guess he's going to have to run the gauntlet in some form or fashion against uh, JAS here yeah. in the next month or so. But yeah, <laughs> it looks like that's where where, where the going Garcia with it. Guevara gauntlet. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's already uh, taken out Garcia. Type of so shit that we saw with Ricky Starks, pretty much. In yeah, yeah, it seems like that they're kind of doing something like that again. That but shock me at all. A bunch of redundancy bullshit. Oh God, I could see it now. I, I can. Yeah, but just now. with the way Chris, you know, kind of turned back and looked a couple times, I I, I put money on right now it's, it'll be jericho and adam cole at yeah. blood and guts yep yeah and us and and there's a lot of ways that that could be fun yeah jericho absolutely and adam cole holy yep. shit does, does that sound fun i mean i'm not complaining about that if no you no no i'm in a feud but here's the thing that i will say just don't do the don't go the fucking gauntlet route of like you gotta be on my fucking <laughs> lackey just do something different god damn it oh my god yeah <laughs> uh, like i said Brian, i could i could see it happening now yeah I could see he's yeah. gonna face he's gonna face people from uh from 2.0 he's gonna face daddy magic uh i'm sure that's gonna make his nipples hard for freaking freaking adam, <laughs> no adam cole man that makes my freaking nipples hard bro he's gonna yeah. face freaking angelo parker he's gonna face sammy Guevara. oh yeah i mean i, I could see it hager now. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Jake Hager. Exactly. Um. I mean. I mean. Look, guys. Listen. If you want to tell a story, right? And, and I'm going to end it with this as we end the show here. If listen, Adam Cole and Chris Jericho in a feud, I'm down with it. I, yeah. I, I'm definitely down with it. I, I just wish that, and it seems to me like now they wanted to get Adam Cole's. I, I guess he's what in ring return. This big in ring in ring return. I guess. Um. And maybe get that out of the way, and now you get him into this feud with Jericho. Maybe that's the route that they're going. But yeah, yeah. I hope to God this is not just another redundancy type of gauntlet where, oh, in order to beat me, you got to beat Sammy Guevara, and then in order to beat me, you got to beat Daniels Garcia again. Then you got to beat Jake. <laughs> like, like, please, enough. We see that we saw it yeah. enough too with with MJF and and Brian Danielson and that whole spiel. Yeah, but this could legit be fun. Now, I just wish that. Okay, great for Adam Cole. It's his first match back. It's a special moment for him, I'm sure, personally. Good for him. Oh, yeah, More absolutely. Props to him, right? I'm for sure. sure. I mean, being out of action and having that type of injury, it sucks. I'm sure it does. You know, being an athlete like myself, like I understand dealing with injuries like that, it sucks. And when you come back, it feels very gratifying, you know? Mm -hmm. However, if you're going to tell a story with Chris Jericho, I just wish that there was done that maybe... I don't know. I was just expecting more. 
especially to end your show. I mean, maybe like they, they, I don't know if that Chris Jericho looking back over to Adam Cole was maybe maybe seeds planted of something of what's to maybe that's the way I took it yeah because I was surprised that Jericho didn't you know just kind of got Garcia out of the ring and walked back yeah so maybe this moral of the story and maybe I can get behind this aspect the more I'm thinking about is like okay he's like hey like just wait like you know because your your time is up like he's like oh you're back but trust me like dude like your time is coming I'm gonna put you on the freaking shelf uh, yeah time is right or something like that I guess that's kind of like the look that Chris Jericho gave or something along those lines. Again, I just think we could have just done at least to end the show. Like to me, that's not a segment, Brian, that you would end the show with. I understand the streamers. Like I feel it's, yeah. Fucking, yeah. it's so fucking stupid anyway. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, you do that it. was weird. It was like, just it's weird. Just, it was so weird. So I guess they wanted to do the streamers just to make it feel like, oh, it's the ending to the show. Good night, everybody. Right. I, I don't, I don't know. But but yeah, no, Chris Jericho and Adam Cole. I mean, I'll give it a chance and see where yeah. it goes. Um, you know, but yeah, I mean, Chris Jericho and Adam Cole, I'm not complaining at all. Um, I just wish that things could have just been done more in this segment. And if you're going to do the segment like this, I would have not ended the show in, in this way. I, I would have yeah. had Adam Cole end the show. If this is how, if this is how the match was going to be booked, I would have had the freaking Brian Danielson return. Exactly. That's and, the ending of the fucking show. The fucking that show. is the ending. <laughs> like... right, that's the fucking ending. How do you this have is... Danielson coming back with Omega and the Blackpool Combat right. Club and, and not one, have that and it's ending the show? The only fucking, I shouldn't say the best storyline. It's actually one of the only storylines <laughs> that's being told in this company. And yeah. that, I would yeah. have been okay with that tremendously. And, and that's the thing about Kenny Omega too. I love that Kenny Omega actually feels like Kenny Omega. He's with he's he's on his own. He's actually, you know, he's he's finally being away from the Bucks, at least for now. I'm sure they're going right. to re- reunite again when that injury, when when uh, you know Matt Jackson comes back or whatever. Um, but yeah, that whole storyline it has potential, and and like I said, and with this whole situation with Adam Cole and Chris Jericho, I'll give it a chance. But however, th- the match itself to me just felt very out of place, and just should have not have. Ended the show. Um, yeah. I know for a lot of Adam Cole fans that maybe are not ups- or are upset with me, <laughs> me saying that. But guys, I'm just being I'm just being honest. I like Adam Cole. I like his work. I like that he's back. But I just gotta call it out like it is. So, but yeah, Brian, just to put everything into uh put everything into a bow and wrap it up here. This show, like I said, the first hour, very very solid. Yeah, yeah. Second hour, fucking a. I mean, this <laughs> was typical freaking AEW. Uh, at its finest, um, you know, but look, at least there's, there's progress, at mm-hmm. least if, if, even if it's just like a centimeter of it, I, I, I'll freaking take it. And hopefully they continue this momentum, especially with the Bucks, Omega and Hangman and Page, as well as MJF and Jungle Boys. That was really solid. Yeah, I, I, yep, yep. You know, even though it's the four pillars and the fatal four way, I don't know where that's going to go, but again, remains to be seen. Um, but yeah, look, they're starting to get it. There's still major improvements, and it's not just the show as well, um, Brian, but it's also this company as a whole, as we mentioned at the top of the show, is there's just a lot of heat, there's a lot of friction, mm-hmm. and it, it needs to be resolved quickly, and it all rests on the shoulders of Tony Khan. Uh, sure. Brian, your final thoughts before we end this? Yeah, like uh, like I said last week, um, you know, for as long as we've shit on him here in the past few months, these last two weeks, at least, they they are taking baby steps. They're 
they're they're following up with stories, you know, on a week to week basis, and then also within the same show, which is an improvement. Um, again, you got the the Blackpool Combat Club and Daniel Bryan and Omega and the Bucks and Hangman, MJF and Jungle Boy. Right now is is something again. I, Jungle Boy really, uh, I think he stepped it up last night uh, with that promo. Um, so a couple of things, couple of improvements, you know, here and there. Uh, the first hour, like you said, I agree with you. It was good. And then the second hour was just, you know, wah, wah. <laughs> um, it just like really, it, it just felt like it was back to AEW shit. Um, but anyway, uh, improvement. So I'll take it. Um, you know, looking forward to see where some of these storylines go and, and hopefully maybe more are created. Like I said, FTR is coming back next week. Uh, so we'll see. We're giving you a mulligan, Tony, because at least there's <laughs> right. slight, the first half of your show was solid. So we're going to give you a mulligan here. But but yeah, no no doubt, Brian, uh, this show definitely needs to continue to improve. And, and hopefully we continue to progress. Like I said, yeah. progression, does, does it continue? Does it follow suit? Remains to be seen. But it's not just within these shows. It's also what happens, you know, in that locker backstage, room, in yeah. backstage as well, because yep. man, is it getting ugly and that needs to be resolved because it all rests on the shoulders of Tony Khan and AEW as a whole. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys once again for tuning into another episode of Ruthless Talk. This was episode number 37, AEW Dynamite, March 29th, 2023. Our shift is back over to WWE for later on this week as we go into WrestleMania <laughs> night one. And that review is going to be Sunday. So guys, make sure you guys stay tuned for that. That is going to be a good, the bad and the ugly. Um, of course, there is no SmackDown review this week. Um, of course you go, we're going to put all of our uh, chips, all of our eggs into one basket uh, for that show. Um, as, as well as for, uh, for night two, when we cover that on Monday, but yeah, guys, like I said this it's WrestleMania week. It's just getting started. There's still a lot more content, a lot more stuff to cover, and it's going to be a whole lot of fun, uh, you know, talking all this stuff with you guys as, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's WrestleMania season. It's we're three nights away. Um, the card looks, looks pretty solid as well as we're going to talk yeah. a lot more about that as well. Um, especially as, as, as far as the show is concerned, but a lot of stuff to be excited about as, you know, being a professional wrestling fan, you know, as a whole, it's definitely a very exciting time for sure. But that is going to do it for today's episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. My name is James Porcelli. And I'm Brian Thomas. And we are signing off saying salute. Peace out. And take care, everybody.